0: Hello Americans, I'm Harvey Paul. You know what the news is. Now I'm going to tell you the rest of the story. Billy was born on the west side of Chicago to an alcoholic mother. He never knew who his father was, which is probably just as well because by all accounts he was a no-good bum. So, during little Billy's formative years, the only guides in life that he had were the thugs who loafed in an alley behind a feed store. By the tender age of six, he was fetching them beer from the neighborhood saloon in an old tin pail. They were pickpockets and second-story men, made and in the making, and all were muckers, ready to insult the first woman who passed, or pick a quarrel with any stranger who did not appear too burly. An eager and attentive lad Young Billy hung on every word of the illustrious Eddie Welch, and often bragged that with his own ears he had heard Eddie tell the gang how he stuck up a guy on West Lake Street within 50 yards of the 28th Precinct Police Station. By 12, he was robbing freight cars in the yards along Kinsey Street and soon learned to take pleasure in the feel of his fist against the jaw of his fellow men. By the time he was 18, Billy himself had become a mucker, a member of Kelly's gang who was feared by all the decent folk on the west side. And it was then that he was framed for murder, and had to beat it out of town. shanghai in San Francisco, he wandered the world finding loot and adventure. Even a lost city on some forgotten Pacific island. And he also met a girl, a society girl, the mucker was in love. And it was love that changed him. From a low-life, third-rate hoodlum, he changed his outlook and his life for love of this girl, Barbara Harding, of the New York Hardings. Billy Byrne married that girl, William B. Byrne, The New York millionaire, a society man, respected in business, and known the world over from his days in the boxing ring. And now you know the rest of the story. Dateline Jessum is next on the Gridley Wave
1: Network. From the Chicago Bureau of the Barcanian Blade Date Mind Jesse The Panther Press production for fans of Edgar Rice Burroughs and Pulp Adventure
2: Here's your
3: host, Elmo
0: Welcome to a long overdue show number 36. Thanks for joining me. And I'm really sorry that I'm I'm probably more than a month late on this episode of Dateline Jazz but I've been really busy at work and I've been working on a couple of things uh, with the Chicago Muckers to get ready for the Dum Dum in Louisville in August. But I still feel kind of bad that I... It kind of blew my consistent streak of getting shows out every two weeks since we started back in 2006. I was kind of proud of that, but I just wasn't able to do it. And I hope you enjoy some of the things I've put together for this show. One of the things that the Muckers are doing for the Dum and which I've been working on and and the others have been working on in our last couple of meetings, is a... Jeopardy game that we're going to put on during the Dum Dum. And I think it'll be a lot of fun. But as we were putting it together, I kept thinking about that classic Saturday Night Live uh, skit of Jeopardy featuring Alex Trebek and, of course, his nemesis, the great Sean Connery. Welcome back to Celebrity
2: Jeopardy. We've got a real barn burner on our hands here. In second place with negative $82,300 is Bill Cosby. In first place with negative $82,400 is Sharon Osbourne. And in last place with negative $120,000, Sean Connery. that's a great spiel but you've forgotten something only slade knows where the diamonds are okay here are the categories for double jeopardy they are potent potables colors that are red japan u.s relations i have no idea what that category is doing up there if he comes within a hundred yards of us i'll bust him right open Now look Let's have some real music, huh? Great. Moving on. How many fingers am I holding up? Black comedians named Whoopi. The letter that comes after B. And finally, automatic points. If you choose that category, you are automatically awarded the points. I never liked that guy from the start. He's done nothing to change my opinion. How many fingers am I holding up? Sean Connery. I've got a finger for you, Trebek. Oh, you little devil. If you weren't sledgewoman, I'd tame you. Please don't cut to him. What do you think of that, Trebek? (laughs) I walked right into that one. Dr. Cosby, would you like to pick a category? That's Dr. William H. Cosby, Jr. H. Hey, okay. would you like to pick a category? No, I would not. Okay, Mr. Connery, I'll take Jap Anus relations for two hundred. <laughs> I'm sorry that's Japan US relations. That's just awful and you know it We're safe here Out of range Yeah sure we're safe alright You can't even see this guy What's this out arrow bed eh Oh we've not done so badly I've sent his boat down the river Yeah he's on foot now He's really gonna sweat Come on a
0: Okay, that bit didn't come out quite as funny as I thought it would, but it was still kind of fun. Uh, Sean Connery, of course, played O'Banion in my favorite Tarzan movie, Tarzan's Greatest Adventure, with Gordon Scott as the ape man.
2: You have the manners of a goat, and you smell like a donkey.
0: That's right, Mr. Connery, you are also in another really cool movie, Highlander. You know, it's a shame they never made any sequels to Highlander. Well, maybe it's for the best, because sequels might have turned really stupid and made the immortals space aliens or some goofy stuff like that. So maybe it's just best that there only was one Highlander, the original. And I'm sure you know that in that movie, Connery starred with another Tarzan, Christopher Lambert of Greystoke. Half of me is here of Graysuck. The other half is wild. Not as wild as the robot Bender in a recent episode of Futurama that I saw. Well, not recent. It was a rerun.
2: Curse my natural showmanship, you big fat fraud! You're not really broken, but you will be in a minute! Bob Rush sustained!
0: It's pretty amazing how ingrained the Tarzan yell is in our culture. And it just pops up in the strangest places sometimes without explanation because it doesn't need any explanation. Everyone knows what it is. I think the most prominent example I can think of is from uh, Return of the Jedi when Chewie yells out uh, the Tarzan yell as he's swinging uh, through the trees on Endor.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story.
0: Okay, the Gridley wave is popping, which means we are going to go live to the Barsoomian Blade newsroom in Greater Helium for an urgent breaking story. Well, I don't know if it's breaking, but it's what the Barsoomian Blade considers news. Dateline Tarth another stinking earth man wins one of our princesses fred smith of chicago is the latest Jasumian to be miraculously transported naked to barsoom rise to power and win the hand of a beautiful princess smith 43 was a high school janitor on his home planet now he is a prince in the house of thuvan din of tarth this is just crazy said burko timble A panthan adventurer who has been trying to win himself a princess for 83 years. We should put a stop to these Earth guys coming here and stealing all the rich babes. Smith saved the granddaughter of Princess Thuvia from white apes, using a device called the mop. I love this place, he said. The new prince is the 114th Earthman on Mars. All are now royals. Ted McCoskey of the ERB Media website sent me the following clip from a Canadian television program, and I thought you'd get a kick out of it.
1: Okay, I'm here in very, very windy Palm Springs, California, for a very special part of the show. It's time to present the 2007 Spacey Lifetime Achievement Award, and this year it goes to an individual who's made an outstanding and significant impact on the fantasy and adventure genres. This year, the award goes to somebody who made his first movie in the 1930s. He's one of the best-known sidekicks in the dynamic duo business and more of a swinger than Frank Sinatra. He's none other than Tarzan's loyal simian sidekick, Cheetah. Well, Cheetah is 75 now. That's that's some kind of a record, isn't it?
4: It is the world's record. He holds the Guinness World Record for the oldest non-human primate. He's had that for several years now.
1: So, Dan, tell me how you became acquainted with Cheetah.
4: Well, he was my uncle's chimp. My uncle brought him out of Africa in late 1931, got him out of the wild, and literally brought him to Hollywood and made him a star. He lived with my uncle in Los Angeles for many, many years, and he's been here in the desert with me like 16 years now. When my uncle was unable to take care of him anymore, got ill, fell ill. It was in my uncle's will to have him put to sleep. When my uncle passed And I I fought my uncle For two years I didn't want that You know But that's what his Well he was afraid He'd be mistreated Or be sent to a research lab Or, or nobody would Because it was his like his son He treated him as family He wasn't just an animal In the cage and that's the way I treat him. <laughs> he did all kinds of things, but his famous thing is in the Tarzan pictures from the you know the movies in the 30s and 40s. And my uncle had four chimps that played parts of uh, in the Tarzan pictures, and there were other chimps out there, but he's the only living one out of all of them surviving, who survived this long. And his first picture was 1934 as a baby riding on the back of Jigs one, and Cheetah's real name is Jigs. Jigs, Jiggs, Jiggs J I G G S, and 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 so. Uh, uh, that was his first debut in 1934, as a baby. How do you account for his longevity? Well, uh, being in captivity, a lot of good food, and no, no stress to amount to anything. And he still has every tooth in his head, actually. But, it, again, I think it's in his genes. Like, why does a, no- a person live to be 100 years old? It's just in their genes. And he happens to be one of those non-human primates that is in his gene that he's lived this long.
2: Cheetah! Now stop that at once!
1: It's now my pleasure to present the 2007 Lifetime Achievement Award to Tarzan's best friend and loyal companion, Cheetah, on the occasion of his 75th birthday. Dan, you know him better than anybody. What do you think he has to, to say on a day like today?
4: Oh, he's, he's so excited. As you can see, He loved, that's his favorite thing he likes to do is eat, and he's so excited. And look at this, what we got for you. How about this? I'm going to sit this over to him and let him. It's so heavy, I don't want him to drop it, but we're so honored to have Canada here to give Cheetah a Lifetime Achievement Award, huh? I'm going to show this to him, okay? Go for it. Hey, give it a kiss. Give it, Look at this. Give it a big kiss. Give it a kiss. Give it a big kiss. Give, it a, big kiss. give it a big kiss. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Congratulations, Cheetah.
2: Go, Cheetah. Get banana. Hey, monkey. Get funky. Today will have a full bulletin of the world news.
0: Not exactly a full bulletin, but I just wanted to make sure that everyone knows that the Dum Dum Convention this year is being held from August 2nd to the 5th in Louisville, Kentucky, at the University of, of Louisville, which is the home of the Edgar Rice Burroughs Memorial Collection. I myself have never been there. Uh, There have been a number of dum-dums at Louisville, hosted by George McWhorter, the uh, publisher of the Burroughs Bulletin. Uh, So I am really looking forward to this trip. And if you are anywhere near Louisville, or even if you're not, uh, I think you should try to make it to this, because it will be a, a, a special uh, convention this year because there's going to be a formal dedication of the Bob Hyde collection at the Dum Dum. A couple of other notes uh, one of the celebrity guests will be Richard Hescox who is known to Burroughs fans for his paintings for the Venus stories featured on the covers of the Ballantine Del Rey paperbacks uh, of 1991 Uh, Denny Miller will also be there, Uh, one of the most fan-friendly Tarzans of all. He was in the 1959 remake of Tarzan the Ape Man. I've never met Denny, but from everything I've heard from everyone who has, he is just a wonderful, funny guy, and I'm looking forward to meeting him. Uh, I mentioned earlier that uh, uh, the Chicago Muckers will be presenting a Burroughs Jeopardy trivia game, which I'm hoping will be a lot of fun. I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. So come on and join us for that. The way we're going to do it is we are going to have three teams of three people each participating in a Jeopardy game. So see us at our... Uh, table in the in the huckster room if you want to take part in that game and we have a couple of uh, not huge prizes but uh, prizes for the winners so I hope everyone will be there I'm going to post a link to uh, all the information about the dum dum on uh, Bill Hillman's HerbZine site and you can take a look there uh, registration is sixty five dollars which is a bargain in my mind. Uh, for uh, all the activities at the dum-dum, plus the, of course, the dum-dum banquet on Saturday night. So, if you can make it, please come, and I would love to see some of you in person. And I'm also looking forward to seeing everyone else uh, that I've already met in person, and uh, uh, making those reacquaintances with old and, and good friends in the in Burroughs fandom. If I would have kept to the usual schedule for Dateline Jazz I would have gotten to this little plug a lot earlier, but I didn't, and so I'm a bit late, but you can still find what I am directing you to. Back in May, Steve Wilson at the Prometheus Radio Theater podcast uh, did two shows, Reading from the God of Tarzan, and uh, I thought he did a good job, and I asked him if I could play a little clip from it and then uh, direct you guys to his website to listen to the shows that he did back in May,
3: and uh, so here you go. I thought I'd bring you something from one of the master storytellers and a man who's been called the grandfather of American science fiction, Edgar Rice Burroughs. This is a story from a collection he penned about 90 years ago called Jungle Tales of Tarzan.
0: Oops, uh, Elmo breaking in real quickly here. Steve makes a, a interesting uh, comment about something I could probably devote an entire show to sometime.
3: Before I begin the first half of the story, I'd like to note my pronunciation of Tarzan. The more familiar Tarzan is actually a byproduct of the 1931 MGM film Tarzan the Ape Man. For whatever reason, the producers decided to ignore the fact that Burroughs himself pronounced the name Tarzan and that pronunciation had been used in early radio shows that Burroughs had been involved with. But Burroughs said they could call his hero whatever they wanted to as long as the checks came regularly. But for this reading, I have reverted to the pronunciation his creator used. So here's The God of Tarzan. Among the books of his dead father in the little cabin by the landlocked harbor, Tarzan of the Apes found many things to puzzle his young head, By much labor, and through the medium of infinite patience as well, he had, without assistance, discovered the purpose of the little bugs which ran riot upon the printed pages. He had learned that, in the many combinations in which he found them, they spoke in a silent language, spoke in a strange tongue, spoke of wonderful things which a little ape-boy could not by any chance fully understand, arousing his curiosity, stimulating his imagination, and filling his soul with a mighty longing for further knowledge.
0: You know, I never really get too sentimental about Burroughs when I'm doing Dateline Jazz Zoom. Uh, He did mean a lot to me as a kid, and he influenced me in a lot of ways. Uh, But with this podcast, as you know, if you've listened at all to it, I'm mostly just poking fun and having a good time and uh, making the jokes that only we as fans would understand or appreciate. (laughs) If you're listening, I guess you appreciate my... uh, strange sense of humor sometimes. But those lines, that's what Burroughs did for all of us, isn't it? Uh, Arousing our curiosity, stimulating our imaginations, and filling our souls with a mighty longing. I hope to see you at the Dum Dum. I'll talk to you then. This is Elmo from the Barsoomian Blade Bureau in Chicago, signing off.
2: Just watch me get him.
4: Modesto, eh?
2: For you, I bring back his ears.